Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm going to welcome you to yet another episode of the Unpopular Podcast. And, you know, yesterday showed just how big Tiger still is. Like, like, look at what happened yesterday. Look at what was going on yesterday. You had, we were knee-deep in NBA playoffs. And Tiger broke the internet. Tiger Woods, for people that don't know, first of all, if you listen to a sports podcast, how do you, how are you not abreast to some of the some of the biggest sports topics? So maybe I got to stop saying for those that don't know. But for those that don't know, <laughs> Tiger Woods won his fifth Masters yesterday and fifteenth major t- uh, major win. So from nineteen ninety seven to two thousand nineteen, he has won fifteen majors. Whether that's the Masters, the U.S. Open, the Open Championship, or PGA Championship. And I saw a lot of people today, you know, on the sports outlets, sport first take, all, all them places. Where they were asking is, Tiger was the most influential player or influential athlete ever. Hell no. <laughs> Tiger to me is not more influential than Michael Jordan. He's not more influential than like think about it. Michael Jordan today still has has people inspired to play basketball. People that are my age, people that are younger than me, know the greatness of Michael Jordan. They might not understand, or they might you know have to have to be you know they have to they might have to look up stuff of course because he's not playing. But people know the greatness of Michael Jordan. People understand. People that are are younger than me still de- like debate today is Michael Jordan better than or LeBron James better than Michael Jordan. To me, that is a testament of how great you really are. I and, and this is not me bashing Tiger. This is Tiger's moment. See, I didn't think Tiger was ever going to win again. I didn't think Tiger had it in and, and and I'm not I'm not one of those people that said, you know, Tiger Tiger just fell off the map. He didn't. But but let's 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 think about this. Since 2008, I believe, was the last time he won a major, right? 2009, we know about the whole the whole scandal situation. But ever ever since then, he's had to deal with some type of injury, whether that's I, I believe he had 3 or 4 back injuries, a torn ACL, a sprained meniscus or MCL. Like that 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 weighs on an athlete. And and when we're talking about an athlete as great as Tiger Woods, yeah, he had he had back surgery like three times, three years in a row. Hell, that that takes a toll on people that doesn't even play a sport, let alone someone playing trying to play a sport at their at their apex. You see, I, I I don't I don't take away from anything that Tiger does. I was I was I'm not gonna lie to you. I was one of the people that didn't think Tiger was ever gonna win again. But I don't you know when when an athlete knows they don't have it anymore, they usually hang it up. But Tiger Woods didn't hang it up. In fact, I believe the end of last year, like towards in the last few tour, uh tours in the last year, he was looking really good. I believe he finished second maybe a couple times. He finished in the top ten and. That didn't sway me from thinking at all he was going to win. Hell, I still have my doubts. Because it's like, again, 
you can finish tenth, but you still lost. You can finish third, but you still lost. And I think when people ask the question, was Tiger was the most influential per like athlete ever? I think they ask it on this standpoint. Yesterday, and this is I don't watch soccer. I mean, I don't watch golf at all. I don't care about golf. I don't really know any golfers except like the big names. But this is the impact that Tiger Woods has on sports in general. So I'm watching NBA playoffs and I get an alert on my phone. The alert says Tiger Woods has taken the lead. Instantly I said, oh shoot, I got to turn to see this. This could be a moment. Because usually when they say Tiger Woods is in the lead, that could be maybe the first day, maybe the second day. It's never really the third day. But when I got the alert saying Tiger Woods is in the lead with like four, three or four holes to go, I said, oh, shoot. I don't care what's going on in this NBA playoffs. I need to go see Tiger. And when Tiger won, and, and, and the funny thing is, I didn't understand shiggity that was going on i didn't understand the numbers i didn't understand okay what what does that mean birdie what does that mean like a lot of people that tuned in and and you can ask and they don't know nothing about golf including myself but i do know that i wanted to see tiger win everybody that tuned in from that point was rooting on tiger rooting for tiger and that's and i never really thought about it until now but imagine being a tiger was an opponent. I'm not I'm not going off topic or anything, but imagine if you were Tiger was opponent. You know that everybody on that on you know that went to that event except for your family. And almost everybody on TV is rooting for you to lose if Tiger's in the hunt. And not only is Tiger in the hunt, Tiger's in the top 3. So you know nobody cares if you win or not. In fact, I challenged some of the, the the golf enthusiasts for people that, without looking it up, tell me who the top three were. We don't know, but we knew no Tiger one. But back to the story, I, I was like, okay, I don't know what the hell is going on, on this TV, but I know that people keep roaring, people keep clapping, and Tiger Woods' name from number one has not dropped yet. So I'm just glued. I'm like, all right, Tiger. All right, Tiger. All right, Tiger. And I didn't even know he won until, you know, they said, oh, Tiger's done it. Tiger's won. You know how they, which I don't understand. That's one thing. I don't understand why announcers uh, for the PGA Tour whisper. Like, they're right next to, (laughs) they're right next to Tiger Woods. Oh, Tiger did that. Oh, what a beautiful. Yeah, we're starting to see if it's Tiger. I'm like, bro, what are you whispering for? You're not right next to Tiger. You're not breaking his concentration. But I digress. When Tiger won, and and you heard it today, I went to I went to work today, and almost every African American was like, "Oh yeah, I definitely saw Tiger win." I, I teared up a little bit. I was like, "Do you watch golf at all?" No, but I I, I saw Tiger win. And it's funny, people, you know, people were killing Tiger with that whole 
wife incident happened. And the whole DUI incident went down. And that's and that that's a bigger picture and that's a bigger problem with the whole quote unquote cancel culture. But we're not gonna get into that. But it's crazy how a lot of people that were for or that were that were rooting for Tiger to never come back or were like, Oh, he's quote unquote cancelled are the same people that were rooting for him to win yesterday. Me, I don't care what you do off the court. Unless you, like, kill somebody or do, like, a heinous crime. It ain't none of my business. Now, if you do kill somebody do a heinous crime, I think that, of course, anybody deserves whatever comes their way. But if you don't do nothing that doesn't bother me, it doesn't, I don't care. I just care about what you do on the field, on the court, on the grass, on anything. So, at the end of the day, I want to say congratulations to Tiger Woods. You know how great Tiger Woods is? Number of wins, period. Not just PJ, just number of tours he's won. Tiger Woods has won a total of 81 PGA tours. 41 European tours. Or wins in these tours. Two Japanese golf or Japan golf tours, one Asian golf tour, one Australian golf tour, and 16 other tours. I'm not about to do the math on that, but that's a lot of damn wins. Do I think Tiger's back? I don't know. Tiger's 43 years old. That's old as hell in sports years, especially old as hell from somebody that's had three or four previous back surgeries. But I do know this. I don't care where somebody is. I don't care what's going on. If I see and if the world sees Tiger Woods is in contention, I put money they're going to see it. I don't care where they're, they're going to get to a TV. And I'm not I'm not trying to end this uh with Bash and Tiger, but again, he's he's to me he's not the most influential athlete of all time. Michael Jordan's still up there. LeBron James is still up there. Serena Williams and her impact, not just on not just for women, but for golf I mean for tennis. I don't know. I do know that Tiger Woods is one of the most influential athletes of all time. So again, congratulations to Tiger Woods for winning his fifth Masters, which I believe is like three away from Jack Nicholson, which he has the most, of course. And winning your 15th major. Shout out. So let's let's move on a little bit. Uh of course, the NBA playoffs started this weekend, and <laughs> there were some some things that I expected, some things that I didn't expect. And I'm I'm just going to I'm gonna talk about some of I'm gonna talk about what I saw. I'm not gonna do a breakdown of all the games. If you want to see that, go to YouTube, watch it. But when the playoffs come. You expect 
star athlete, you expect athletes in general that made it to the playoffs to increase their play. Whether that's the NFL playoffs, whether that's the NBA playoffs, whether that's baseball playoffs, you expect athletes to to increase their their play. You expect athletes to to rev it up. I mean, you have an opponent, you're going to see that opponent except for football. You're going to see that opponent at le- at the most 7 times. And you want to give them it, even in the NHL, the NHL playoffs is going on right now. You want to see the opponent be the best that they can be. And you want to see your the athletes be the best that they can be. And not all games are worth mentioning. But there were a couple things that I saw during the play, or during, and, and these are all overreactions. By the time that you probably listen to this, you know I dropped this Mondays at nine o'clock, which is today at nine o'clock. At that point, another, uh, I believe the the Nets and the Sixers will be will be playing right now. So by the time I drop this, you know, but this is by the time I drop this, we will be moving on. But this is overreaction of game ones. One overreaction that I have is do oh I know it matters, but how much does playing along with somebody really matter? And I say that talking about the Sixers in the Nets game. First of all, Embiid. There were already reports saying that Embiid more than likely will miss the first two games at the most because of his knee. So I was shocked when I look and he's playing from the jump. But then B didn't look good at all. And B looked slow. He looked like a player that's harboring an injury. He looks like a player that is out of shape because he hasn't played down the stretch of the NBA season because he's been nursing an injury. And B just doesn't look healthy. And I was watching. And I'm looking at this. Philadelphia 76ers team. That clearly on paper. And, and I say on paper because basketball is not played on paper. But on paper. Has to me the second best starting five in the entire NBA. And they look terrible. Whether it's air it passes. Brett Brown really not utilizing some of the players. Like, I don't understand why J.J. Redick wasn't utilized as much as or more than he was. I don't understand why Ben Simmons looked as bad as he did, and he's not injured. In fact, let's, let me, a little segue. Let me talk about Ben Simmons for a second. I went on my man's podcast, uh, the Curry in the Pot podcast with Mike Curry. There was a, We did a whole round table. And everything. And one question was. Who was. Or who were. Who was one of the most disappointing players. This year in the league. And I had to say Ben Simmons. Because I'll wait. Tell me. One area. That Ben Simmons is better than. Better than. Than he was last year. I'll wait. 
Ben Simmons is the same exact player from his quote rookie year. And I only say quote because you know, you know how them injury years will go. Ben Simmons is the same. The, the Ben Simmons that we see now is the same Ben that same Ben Simmons that we saw last year. And I was one that wanted to hold out every time I heard an analyst like Stephen A. Smith or somebody say that Ben Simmons is going to be a liability for Philly. But after watching game one, and of course these are all overreactions because it's only game one. But after watching game one, I saw exactly what Stephen A. Smith was talking about. Ben Simmons looked lost. Ben Simmons had big, Ben Simmons is big as hell. And this man was disappearing. There was times I was like, yo, oh, shoot, Ben Simmons on the floor? On the floor? And then, of course, we had the Jimmy Butler being Jimmy Butler. Oh, man, ain't none of y'all about to play? All right. Let me just, let me just, let me just go, go on a, go on a two quarter tear. Cause I don't think to me, Jimmy Butler hasn't shown the ability to score at a high level consistently in a game. Now he's done it a couple times. I mean, he's had a 50, 50 point game, uh, but ben, but he hasn't shown to me that he can he can dominate consistently in, a, in an entire game he's not the greatest offensive weapon and, and jimmy butler is a great player but he's not a great offensive weapon and they need him to be that's pretty much why he's there he's there for his leadership and he's there to be a weapon tobias harris you know he he tried what he could could do but when you're not the main focus and when you are depending on somebody to give you the ball, it it, it you know it. There's only so much you can do. In Boston, I mean, Brooklyn had a great game plan. Stay down. Don't go for that bullshit. Oh, I'm sorry. Don't eat, whatever. Don't go for that bullshit pump fake that Joel and B does because Joel and B now can't even shoot threes anymore for some reason. Don't go for that pump fake. Don't go for Ben Simmons doing. Why is Ben Simmons doing pump fakes? That is the real question that we need to know. Ben Simmons, nobody know. Nobody thinks you're shooting, bro. In fact, we all know you're not shooting. So why are you doing pump fakes? I don't know if it's an experience. Well, it can't be an experience because they were there last year. This is the. This is my biggest fear. My biggest fear with Philadelphia was realized in game one is that I always thought people made a big deal about, you know, oh, how long people play together. And and I know that is a that is a factor as in if you haven't played with somebody long, you don't really understand their tendencies. You don't really know what they're going to do. You don't know where they like the ball. I get that. But I think that playoff level teams playoff level talent all-star level talent superstar level talent would be able to adjust quickly that clearly is not, that that didn't that it looks like that's not happening with philly it looks like it's just five guys again this is all overreaction because it's only game one But 
Let them lose game two. At home. They already lost home court advantage for losing game one. But if they look like they did game two, like they did in game one, we're really, I'm not going to say they're going to, I don't, you know what, yeah, I'm going to go out of limit and say they might lose the series. And if they lose the series, if the Brooklyn Nets beat the Philadelphia 76ers in the first round, I don't see how changes will need to be made. I don't see how Jimmy Butler will be coming back. I don't see how Tobias Harris can come back. I don't see why you would keep Brett Brown, who his last two years have has been sturdily outcoached in games, whether that's against Brad Stevens or Coach Atkins for the Nets. I don't see how you can you can keep that if they lose. Now again, and, and I can't stress this enough, it's only one game. You know, this this is all overreaction. But you gotta you gotta show me a little bit more, Philly. Clearly, because you you lost. So <laughs> you gotta show me something. I don't really need to talk about the Houston Houston game. What if I was? You know what I would do? If I was playing against uh, James Harden and the Rockets, this is my strategy. James, and I think this is a little bit what uh, 2014 Spurs did against the Heat. You know what? LeBron James, James Harden, we can't stop you. We're not going to be able to stop you. So, do what you want. Do what you're going to do. We're going to guard you one-on-one. We're going to guard you straight up. But we are not going to let anyone else, anyone else, go off. So what I think a lot of teams do is they say, you know what? I don't care who else goes off, just not James. See, that I th- I think that plays right into the Rockets' hands. I think that's what the Rockets want. The Rockets want you to get – James Harden's going to get his regardless. He's one of the greatest offensive players ever. He's going to get his. But you don't want anyone – like you, what I think defenses say is, all right, we don't want James Harden to go off. We'll let some – we'll let P.J. Tucker beat us, which sounds good. But when you start shading James Harden, when you start doing gimmicky defenses like sitting solely on his left side, no. Nah. So if it was me, I'd say, you know what? James Harden, we're going to play you straight up. We're going to do what we do. Nobody else is going off. We're not getting none of those dumbass lobs that you throw to Compella. We're not getting those. The defensive the defense shrinks and then you kick it out to a PJ Tucker or Eric Gordon. We're not letting we're gonna do everything we can to not let Chris Paul score like that and go off on us. It's, it's not happening. 
That should that to me that would be my game plan. If we lose off that, then we lose off that. But I'm not about to let James Harden go for forty. And PJ Tucker goes for fifteen. Chris Paul goes for twenty five. Aaron Gordon goes for twenty three. Like I'm not that's not about to happen. I don't James Harden, you can have sixty points. You can have six. You can have all the po- all them sixty, all the sixty points in the world. Whatever I do, I'm not letting anybody else go off at all. That's just that's not happening. And we saw that a couple times when you know, like we can't stop James Harden. So why would we even try? And it's worked a couple times. A couple times it, it comes back to bite you, but. This is the playoffs, especially especially against a team like Utah that isn't really good at scoring like that. I'm just not going to let PJ Tucker go off on me. That's just not going to happen. And I'm look this this is mainly pretty much looking at the next at, at, at round 2, which is Golden to me will be Golden State and Houston. I think this this these Golden State and the Clippers and Houston and Utah, I think this is going to be a, 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 a quick series for both. I would play James Harden. I'd put Clay on Dre and be like, hey, hey. I put Clay on Dre. Clay on Dre. I put Clay on James Harden. I'd put Curry on PJ Tucker. I'd put. Durant on Chris Paul. I put Draymond Green on who's a small forward on somebody, and just do it. Hey, do it. Do not let that man go off at all. And if James Harden does go off, don't let nobody else go off. That's just that's that's just that's what we're doing. And lastly, again, we don't need to talk about every game. But one thing I do want to talk about is expectations. Some people have a reputation that is, isn't really the best when it comes to the playoffs. And I'm looking at two players in particular. I'm looking at Paul George... I'm looking at Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry <laughs> went 0 for 7, scoring a grand total of zero points in game one. And on the other hand, Paul George, while he did have, what, like 20-something points, he went 4 for 15 from three-point line. Now, I understand that Paul George is quote-unquote hurt. I get that. He's dealing with a shoulder injury. I get that. But the question has to be held or has to be asked, how much is this the injury and how much is this the Paul George that we are used to seeing? And I'm not bashing Paul George. I'm I'm a big fan of Paul George. 
I really am. Paul George is one of my favorite players to watch. He, he he has one of the smoothest games in the league to me. But there is a stigma around Paul George, and and is and is rightfully so. Paul George doesn't play, or Paul George hasn't shown to to put his best foot forward during the playoffs. And this is mainly after after the injury. Now, yeah, Paul George did have some moments in Indiana when he was going against the Heat all those years. But even in, in, in those series, clutch baskets he wouldn't make. He'd have costly turnovers. And we, we'd be sitting there like, like what the hell? It's not as be- not not like James Harden because James Harden, James, well you know, but James Harden can be in that in in that category too. James Harden had that collapse uh, against San Antonio. Even when James Harden uh, and the Rockets were going against the Clippers, and they did ultimately advance, but when Clippers were, I mean, when yeah, Clippers were about to bounce the Rockets out of there. They benched James Harden, and the Rockets made a huge run with James Harden on the bench. And then last year, missing, what, 27 straight threes? Again, this is our game one. This could all, Paul George can come back and have 50 points. James Harden can lead his team to the finals. I don't know. But you do have to ask yourself, what is it about players that just have a mental some some just have a mental block? Why is Kyle there shouldn't be a, a, a Kyle Lowry meme that's constantly relevant? Kyle Lowry playoff Kyle Lowry meme that is constantly present. Kyle Lowry had zero he's an all star and has zero points. And looked terrible. Yeah, he had a good game other places. He had about eight assists to, what, two or three uh, turnovers. He had a couple rebounds. But at the end of the day, you didn't help, really. It was Pascal Siakam and Kawhi Leonard. He all lost. Now I don't I don't I don't think that's I don't think Orlando can keep it up. I think Orlando will lose probably every game after this. But when I look at players like Paul George, Kyle Lowry, and James Harden, hell, people keep that's 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 what people keep saying. As great as James Harden is, we need to see him in the playoffs. As great as Paul George is, we need to see him come up in the playoffs. As quote unquote great Kyle Lowry is, he has a stigma on the playoffs. That's that's that to me is 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 one of the biggest stories coming out of game one. Is some players lived up to their name, some players didn't, some teams didn't. And and I'm gonna go into that. I'm gonna go into the most impressive teams and most disappointing teams. Well, most impressive team, most disappointing team. Before we get off the playoffs. Because I'm not, again, I'm not talking about every game. It's just not going to happen. 
No, I'm I'm not talking about Kevin Durant with the two technicals. It's, to me, it's no big deal unless he continues to get technicals, but it's just the heat of the battle. They still won. To me, they're still going to sweep the Clippers, if not winning five. It's going to be quick. I, that's a non-story. But the most disappointing team in, in the playoffs so far, and again, this is only game one. I keep saying this. But the most important, I mean, the most disappointing team has to be Philly. And I say that because the fears that many people had going into the playoffs were realized in waves in game one. How is everybody going to fit together? Well, you saw game one. It doesn't look like they fit too well. Is Joel Embiid healthy? You saw game one. Joel Embiid didn't look healthy at all. Uh, Ben Simmons could be a liability. I don't know. Uh, He looked like a hell of a liability. Game one. Brett Brown has had, is is he a good coach or not? Brett Brown has had had situations where he's been outcoached. He was outcoached game one. I think it's disappointing because they have the talent to go to the championship. They don't have the strongest bench at all. But they have, to me, the second best starting five. And if that starting five doesn't do well or that starting five has the, the the largest holes in game one, you have no shot. Period. I don't, I need to see how they do game two. Game two needs to show me. If, if they look the same as they do game two and now it's saying that Joel Embiid is a game time decision. If they lose game two, I think they're going to lose the series. I'm going out on a limb. A team that I thought was going to make it to the Eastern or to the, at least the second round because I think they would have to play Toronto because I had Toronto going to the finals. If they lose this game tonight, to me, they're losing the series. That's 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 how I feel. And the most impressive team to me just for game one is Orlando. DJ Augustine had the hottest of hot games. Michael Carter Williams looked good for once since his rookie year. Aaron Gordon looks solid. Vucevic looks solid. Terrence Ross was hitting threes. They were playing. Uh, Orlando's calling card is defense. I think since All Star break, they're top five in defense. In defense, and they and they played solid defense. Now I think a lot of that was Toronto just didn't play good. That's a lot. Toronto played good. It's just some players didn't play good. And Orlando just played out. They were jacked. They just played out of their mind. 
I don't think they're gonna duplicate that at all. Hell, I don't. I don't think they're gonna win another. In fact, I think they're gonna get thoroughly beat in almost every game coming up in this series. I think they're gonna they're gonna lose the series four one, and that is gonna be what's gonna be. But they impressed me more than any team in game one, and that is the most impressive team. Is there anything else I want to talk about before we get off the playoffs? Um, Golden State's probably going to trounce. Yeah, no. Yeah, I think I'm good with the NBA playoffs. I'm excited. I, I'm excited because I wasn't really disappointed with any game in game one. And, and and I love basketball as pretty as many people know. So I I'm excited. I am excited. We're getting off the 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 playoffs, but we're not we're not leaving basketball real quick. So Luke Walton parted ways with the Lakers, and the next day got the king. You know, got hired to be the Kings' next head coach after the Kings fired David Yeager. Who, by the way, was probably their best coach they've had in a while, leading them to ninth in the East or the Western Conference. The same Western Conference that saw the Lakers with LeBron James finish, what, like 10th or 11th? What I don't understand is how you can watch what happened to the Lakers. The last three years, because he's been coaching for three years. And think, you know what? Luke Walton is probably the best best person for this job, hands down. I don't need to interview anybody else. They didn't interview anyone else or a report star. They just interviewed. They knew they wanted Luke Walton. And we've talked about this several times in the podcast. I've had guests coming and talk about it. But there is a racial divide in the front offices of the of sports you have quality coaches like Avery Johnson Juwan Howard who many people are saying is a great coach Monty Williams Mark Jackson who turned around Golden State from being a laughable franchise to now being a dynasty yes Steve Kerr pretty much unlocked their offense but if it wasn't for Mark Jackson Steve Kerr wouldn't have no job as a coach for Golden State. <laughs> but you see all this and you have all these quality coaches and the first person you pick with the quickness is Luke Walton? Now I heard people say, "Hey, well they're they're going they're they're up for the for the Lakers job, so there's still hope." The Lakers job is one position which is the head coach, not head coaches, which means out of Avery Johnson, who's not even getting interviewed, Juwan Howard, Monty Williams, and Ty Lue, one of them's not getting a job. No, one of them's getting a job. The rest are not. You can't tell me what you've seen from Luke Walton. You can't tell me 
he's leaps and bounds better than a Monty Williams. You can't tell me he's leaps and bounds better than an Avery Johnson. You can't tell me he's leaps and bounds better than a Ty Lue, who led a team as a head coach and won the NBA Finals. You can't tell me that Juwan Howard, who is who has pretty much beat the pavement his entire career as a coach, as a player, everything. You can't tell me he's leaps. He's not even close to Luke Walton. Luke Walton is such a slam dunk. The same Luke Walton who got fired 24 hours before getting the job, getting hired for the Sacramento job. You know, this, this really shows Sacramento being Sacramento. <laughs> you didn't they they didn't interview anyone else. They fired Dave Yeager cuz they knew they wanted Luke Walton. And don't don't let it fool you. I know Luke Walton filled in for Kurt, I mean uh Steve Kerr when he was going through the stuff ment- uh medically and led Golden State to like a 49 and 2 record. I get that. But you have Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green, and arguably, hands down, one of the best teams ever. Because that's a team that won 73 and, and 9. You have one of the best teams ever. I think I can lead them to a couple wins. <laughs> Look, I'm not, I'm not taking away from anything that Luke Walton's done. I'm not taking away... Luke Walton it could be a good coach, could be a great coach. I don't know. But I do know this. You cannot tell me that Luke Walton is such a sure thing without interviewing anyone and firing David Yeager, who has been your best coach in year, in decades. The Kings haven't been good since Vladi was playing. And since Chris Webber was playing, they haven't been good since. And you telling me this? Luke Walton is y'all savior? I think Dave Yeager's a better coach than Luke Walton. Now, yes, I know Luke Walton had a bad rap from the Lakers that went, you know, I think it was, there was a lot of blame to go around, whether it was, Magic Johnson, whether it was Rob Palenka, whether it was LeBron James pretty much quitting. I get that. But you, but Luke Walton, and you don't interview anyone else? That's just the Kings being the Kings. That's the Kings being the Kings. <laughs> that's the key. Oh man. Oh god. That's that's wild. That that is wild to me. Like how how could how could you come up with that? And don't get again, he could be he could be the perfect coach. But to me that's better like we you need to prove it. You need to prove it. And to me, he hasn't proved prove, he hasn't proven it. He hasn't shown me 
in the three years he's been coaching the Lakers franchise, that he is the Sacramento's new savior. Like, come on, bro. <laughs> ah, come on, bro. The Kings suck, man. The Kings suck as an organization, bro. You have good players like Darren Fox and Marvin Bagley, and you think Luke Walton is the answer? After losing, after firing David Yeager, who who gave y'all your best season in, in decades? In a decade? Huh. Okay. Okay. So as we know, Dirk Nowinski and Dwayne Wade played their last games in the NBA. They retired, went out on a high note. Dwayne, we already talked about Dwayne Wade being one of the greatest players of all time. And Dirk is also one of the greatest players of all time. Dirk, he won a championship. He really put foreign players on the map. He created one of the most unstoppable shots, with which is the fadeaway jump shot from a seven-footer. Off one leg jump shot. And Dirk, Dirk is loved everywhere. Everyone loves Dirk. Everyone loves Dirk. But I heard Skip Bayless say something that was, ooh. Now, I know Skip Bayless is a Sacramento Kings fan. I mean, uh, San Antonio Spurs fan. I get that. I get that wholeheartedly. But Skip Bayless said that Dirk Nowinski is the second greatest. No. Said that Manu Ginobili is a better foreign player than Dirk Nowinski. <laughs> I, I was like, what? Look, I know Dirk doesn't play any defense. He never played defense his whole career. Dirk never was a passer like that. And Dirk had his, Dirk had his limitations. But there's no way in heaven or hell that you can you can tell me with a straight face that Manu Ginobili is better than Dirk Nowinski. I had to ask myself, is Dirk the best foreign player of all time? No, to me, he is second. The best to me has to be Hakeem Olajuwon, but Dirk is second to me. And I have to take a real hard think if like real hard I have to ponder if Manu Ginobili is even third I'm not taking away from Manu's Manu's greatness but there's no way no come on skip 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 gives money to spew rhetoric like that Manu Ginobili is better than Dirk Nowinski and of course he brought up the rings and everything but Dirk never played with Tim Duncan and Tony Parker or under coach Popovich. And I'm not saying that Coach Carlisle is a bad coach, but he's not Coach Pop. He's not Coach Pop at all. Best foreign player. Man, what's, 
What's wrong with your boy Skip, man? What is wrong with your boy Skip? <sighs> What's wrong with your boy Skip? Briefly, I want to talk about Brianna Stewart. So Brianna Stewart gets injured overseas. I think she hurts her ankle. Um, it looks serious. I saw the video. And I've had people on my podcast talk about this. I've I've talked about this. But there should be no reason why superstars in the WNBA has to go overseas to play basketball. Has to. Not if they want to, I get it. Like if that's just a long passion to play year round, I get it. Do your thing. But there should be no reason why they are forced and have to go overseas just to maintain. And a lot of the players make more money overseas than they do in the States playing in the WNBA. Because they're like cherished more over there. The WNBA already is going to miss Maya Moore because she's sitting out of season. They're already fighting for popularity. And they're already fighting for viewership. So imagine the blow it takes when one of their marquee players, one of their, she just won... She recently won a championship in the last two years. Imagine not being able to see her because she got injured overseas. Like, let me put this into context. Brianna Stewart of the WNBA is probably like, probably like uh, Joel Embiid, right? Her popularity and her 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 skills probably rivals that of Joel Embiid in the in the NBA when you compare the two. Imagine if Joel Embiid went had first of all had to go overseas to play for I don't know Team Africa or something. And Lord forbid, knock on wood, what happens if he goes and blows the ACL? Not only will the NBA be furious that he was even out there playing, but there will be major changes in the league saying, you know what? I don't know if we got to pay them more. I don't know if we have to put in their contract. They can't go over there, but this hurts our brand. This hurts the way that we do business because we need them. They need them. The WNBA needs Brianna Stewart. Don't get it twisted. Brianna Stewart doesn't need the WNBA. Stars don't need the league. The league needs stars. You think, <laughs> you think that LeBron James and I'm not saying that they 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 didn't get where they are because of the league. But let's put this: You think LeBron James needs the league right now more than the league needs him? You think? Steph Curry needs the league right now more than the league needs him. You perfect example. You think Giannis needs the league right now than the league needs him? Shit. 
LeBron's not even in the playoffs and is still making moves. That should be the same thinking with the WNBA. Brianna Stewart. Then I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't have an update of what happened. As like what it is, but the injury looked bad. She could. I don't even think she could walk off the floor under her own power. And you're willing to risk one of the faces of your league because you don't want to pay them or you can't pay them. I hope I hope Brianna Stewart Brianna Stewart's okay. I really do. Cause she's doing she's doing what she loves playing basketball, but you also have to understand she's doing it out of necessity. Again, I talked about this on the podcast. I had uh, J- Jasmine Brown, an NBA insider, a WNBA insider, talking about this. Many stars, many star athletes have to play year-round for the WNBA. They get off the WNBA season, a lot of them play in the playoffs. After that, maybe a week goes by, they have to go overseas to play. Then when the overseas season is over, they have about a week then they go right back into the WNBA training camp. So you're telling me in a year you have two weeks, two weeks of chill time to get to to have it, let your body recover. That's wild if you ask me, and that really that's a testament to, and that really shows with this whole Brianna Stewart thing. Again, they could lose this face of their. They could lose one of the faces of their league because they don't want to pay him, and she gets injured overseas in some dusty ass court. I, it, man, and WNBA needs to. Do, I've said this on several podcasts, but the WNBA needs to do better. Needs to treat their players better. Just needs to do better. So, moving on. All three Duke stars, as we expected, declared. Zion declared today. RJ Barrett declared. And Cam Reddish declared. Off rip, Zion, to me, should go number one. I couldn't be that GM. And that's not, that's, uh, John Moran is a great player. And get it. But I couldn't be that GM that doesn't pick Zion number one. That's just, if I have the number one pick, I'm picking Zion. That's just how it goes. Boom. Zion, Zion, Zion. RJ Barrett to me should go number three. Uh, should be Zion, John Morant, RJ Barrett. RJ Barrett has shown that he can lead a team be it college and he did have some limitations but Zion, but rj barrett can be t- fine-tuned into being a great player i'm not taking anything away from rj again he his decision making needs to get a little better but he's still a college kid so he's still learning the real question though is cam reddish do i think cam reddish can succeed in the league yeah that's right i'm, I'm not taking cam reddish can play for the league But going into this, uh, going into last, you know, the the college basketball season, 
He was projected to go number three and easily. And game after game, Cam Reddish has has disappointed. Whether that's the final game of the playoffs. I mean, final game when they lost to Michigan State. And he disappeared. I think he had like, I think he went like two for seven. Only took seven shots. To his 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 shooting decreasing game after game, the man came into college basketball like the beginning of the season. He was shooting like forty something percent from three point line. Towards the end, he was shooting damn near twenty nine thirty. And he has a terrible, terrible. Onus on keeping, like holding on to the ball. He 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 turns the ball over so much, and it's not like throwing like it's not him throwing it away. It's he be getting he gets ripped or he just loses the ball. I think he led the team in turnovers by a country mile. You saw Trey Jones say he was coming back another year, and I think he should come back another year. Trey Jones, to me, was not getting drafted anywhere close to the first round, to me. Which, like Cam Reddish, was different from the beginning of the season. The beginning of the season, we thought Trey Jones, Zion Williamson, R.J. Barrett, and Cam Reddish were all going top 10. But if you ask me, I think Cam Reddish should stay another year. Next year's draft isn't as loaded or top-heavy as this year's is. But Cam Reddish could... Another year under Coach K could do wonders for Cam. See, one reason why I think Cam struggles so much is Cam has never been a third option. He wasn't a third option in middle school. He wasn't a third option in high school. He wasn't even a third option on Team USA. But when you're a third option with Duke, because nobody's pick, putting him, unless maybe his family, oh, is putting him over Zion, and nobody should be putting him over R.J. Barrett. But... Cam disappeared several times, and he, and, and and nothing was more telling when he didn't play against Florida State, I believe, in the in the tournament, and or it, it was one game I don't remember who it was, but they, he didn't play in the tournament, and Coach K didn't even know until like fifteen minutes before tip off that he wasn't playing because his knee. But if you look during, it's not like, I understand if your knee hurts. You, you're probably just doing set shots and everything for warm-ups. I get that. My man was doing set shots. My man was doing dunks. He was cutting. He looked good. He just didn't play. I think Cam Reddish need not knees. I know Cam Reddish, he's going, he declared for the draft, and he's going to get drafted. I get that. 
But to me, he's probably going to get drafted towards or close to the end of the first round. I think Cam Reddish can... Another year with Coach K would do wonders for him. Would do wonders for him. You know, I talk about... I'm a North Carolina fan. We all know that. But I'm also a realist. I, I understand what I'm seeing. And I understand that <laughs> what what we saw out of Duke this year, we saw the once in a generational player in Zion. And this, and, and I'm addressing when with uh, when Jay Williams said that Zion will have his name retired in the Raptors, Raptor Raptors one day for Duke, and he'll be the first Duke player to ever leave early and get it retired. You damn right he better get his number retired. Zion was the most one of the, probably the most electrifying college player we've seen in my lifetime. Zion was the face of college basketball. He was the face of college basketball even when he was even when he was out due to the the you know blown shoe and everything. We could not stop talking about Zion. Zion was, to me, the best freshman Duke has probably ever had. I mean, I can go back to Grant Hills. I can go back to Kyrie Irving's when he did play. I can go back to Christian Leitner's. I can go back to Jay Williams. But Zion, as a prospect is to me the best Duke has ever had. Ever. So I am right with him when saying that his name and his number one should be hanging in the rafters. And people's like, well, how about Kyrie? Kyrie only played like nine games. No. And Kyrie, while he was great and while he was electrifying, he wasn't the Kyrie that we see today for Boston and the Kyrie that we saw for Cleveland wasn't the same Kyrie that we saw in at, at Duke. Zion is Zion. And Zion is incredible. Incredible. And he better have his number. One day retired in the rafters at Duke. Because you look at the players that are up there. And you telling me they're leaps and bounds better than Zion? Really? Really? I I don't know. You have a hard a hard bargain to sell on me though. That's I don't know about that. Before we get to the untop untopler. <laughs> Before we get to the unpopular topic of the week, there's just two things I want to talk about. I want to do because we talk about basketball and football mainly on this on this podcast, but this is a sports podcast. And the W the who the NHL is in the playoffs right now, so I'm gonna do a, I'm gonna give you guys an update. 
The Tampa Bay Lightning is down three games to zero against the Columbia Blue Jackets. And that's big because Tampa Bay has a propensity to crack and to, to blow it in the playoffs. Tampa Bay was the number one Atlantic team, and they're down to a wild card team. 3-0. And I believe this happened last year when Tampa Bay lost to a team that they should clearly beat. I remember many people were saying during this during the regular season that Tampa Bay were gonna was gonna win it all. They had the speed, they had the size, they had the talent, they had the shooters. They had they had a great defensive scheme, but then the playoffs hit, and this happened last year. Last year, shouts out to the Caps. <laughs> last year, Tampa Bay was believed to they had enough to win it all, and, it, and it's not really they believed they did have enough. They just BS in the playoffs, and that's what you see this year. I believe they said only four teams, four or seven teams have come back from a 3-0 deficit, and I don't see it being eight. The Boston Bruins is playing the Toronto Maple Leafs, and the series is tied 1-1. Nah, nah, Siri, thanks. (laughs) So the series is tied 1-1. They're playing again tonight, April 15th. At 7 o'clock. The Capitals. Shouts out. Is up two games to. Zero against the Carolina Hurricane. Both games have been close. The Capitals won the first game. Four to two. And it took overtime for the Capitals to win the next game. Four to three. Now of course they played tonight at 7 o'clock. So we'll see how that goes. The Islanders. New York Islanders are playing the Pittsburgh Penguins. And the Islanders are up four games at three against the Penguins. Sidney Crosby is not coming through. Nashville Predators are playing Dallas Stars. And that series is tied 1-1. The Winnipeg Jets are playing the St. Louis Blues. And that, the Blues are up two games to one. The Flames are playing Colorado Avalanche. And that is tied 1-1. San Jose Sharks is playing the Vegas Golden Knights. And the Golden Knights are up two games to one. Y'all know who I have. Back-to-back champions, baby. Washington Capitals. I have them winning it all. They can win it all again. Uh, So, you know, it's, it's home team, baby. Home team. You know how this goes? I'm 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 subjective and I mean I'm objective in a lot of things except sports. <laughs> At least my teams, especially if I don't know much about it, because I don't know much about NHL. I do know it's exciting to watch. I know that, and that's probably the best live, the best live performance you can go to. I I know that they you know it's it's uh it's a um it's a lot it's a, it's an experience that you should it from you know feeling how cold it is to the ice you know the ice being so close 
to you. The the fans are going crazy. It's it's a crazy experience. Not only is that crazy, you should have. Well, if you didn't go for people that's not in D.C., that <laughs> the parade was something serious, man. I never I never knew how many NHL fans or or fake NHL fans because I was one of them. I ain't, I ain't the biggest HNL fan, but you know I was at the parade. That was it was fun for me to watch. But I'm going with the Capitals win it all again. And last thing I'm gonna talk about before I get to the unpopular topic of the week is Russell Wilson. I've always said this: when you're great, you know you're great. Russell Wilson is probably the greatest quarterback that the Seahawks have ever had. So when you feel, I think he's only paid like 21, $21.9 million a year, which is grossly. Alex Smith makes more money than him. And he gave the Seahawks a deadline to get get a new contract done by today. He get he pretty much had a self-imposed a self-imposed deadline, which was today or by by midnight. <laughs> if I'm the Seahawks, you better not play with this. I understand that it's hard winning when your quarterback is the most is probably the highest paid player on your on your team or when they're taking up pretty much 40% or more of the salary. I get that. But I'm trying to tell you Seahawks, you don't want to you don't want to You don't want to go back to to a life without Russell Wilson. Now reports are saying that more than likely they might trade him. Because they don't know if they want to give him another a, a new contract. Russell Wilson not only is one of the greatest or one of the best quarterbacks in the league right now. He's a surefire Hall of Famer already. And he is leaps and bounds. One of the greatest black quarterbacks to ever play the game. And he is easily the greatest quarterback that the Seahawks have ever had. So you better not play with this. You got a couple you got a couple hours. You have a couple hours, Seahawks. Don't do this. People are like he he's he's too empowered. No, he knows his worth. You know your worth. Know your worth, people. There should be no reason why Alex Smith, Kirk Cousins makes more than Russell and makes a considerable amount more than Russell Wilson. Seahawks, let's not be cheap. Y'all tried to be cheap with uh, Richard Richard Sherman. You see how that worked. You tried to be cheap with Marshawn Lynch. You see how that worked. You tried to be cheap with Earl Thomas. You definitely see how that worked. 
Stop being cheap. Stop being cheap. Pay Russell Wilson. He deserves the money. Because you don't want to go back to those days where y'all were the laughing stock of the NFL. The Brian Bosworth days. Trash ass team. Let me get to the unpopular topic of the week. Welcome to the Unpopular Opinions. Unpopular Opinions. Have unpopular opinions. Unpopular opinions. Okay, so what's an unpopular opinion? Unpopular opinions. To utter such blasphemy. He's got the nerve, the audacity, the unmitigated goal to echo such blasphemous nonsense. Just blasphemy. So for the entire year, I've heard nothing but who's going to be the face of the league. LeBron James isn't the greatest player, best player in the world anymore, which I do agree with. And who is the best player? And I've heard a resounding. There has been shockwaves of people saying that now the best player in the league is Giannis Antetokounmpo. And I get the love for Giannis. I love Giannis. Giannis is modern day Shaq. And I'm not saying modern day Shaq is play style, but Shaq was dominant and nobody could stop Shaq. And that's nobody can stop Giannis. Nobody stopping Giannis. I get that. But you're going to really have to convince me that he is the best player in the in the NBA right now. When you have, to me, the best player in the NBA, Kevin Durant, playing at a high level. Like, let's look at their games. Giannis is one of the most unstoppable players around the rim. I think he shoots like 82% around the rim, which is wild. He's one of the best defensive players in the league. He's a physical specimen. He can get in three dribbles. He can go from one end of the court to the other, and he's not really even running that fast. He just He's that long and that talented. And Giannis is the best player on the best team statistically and 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 record wise but has people forgotten how great Kevin Durant is i understand going to the golden state wars is not popular i understand that a lot of people call him a snake a lot of people call him you know was a weak move i get that feel how you feel i i get it I don't really care. He like he he doesn't even care. But have we forgotten how great Kevin Durant is? Kevin Durant is a seven foot guard, pretty much, who is arguably top five shooters of all time. Arguably top five offensive players of all time. Arguably top. 20 players so far already and he's still going he 
he is he didn't just come to Golden State to ride the coattails. He is Golden State's best player. And I'm a Steph Curry fan, and he's a he's Golden State's best player. Maybe not the most important, but best player. He's not the defensive player that Giannis is, but he 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 defends. And Kevin Durant, as we've seen time and time again, if he wants to do something, he's going to do it. If he wants to drop 50 on you, he's dropping 50. If he wants to be top five in blocks, he's going to be top five in blocks. If he wants to be top 10 in rebounds, he's going to be top 10 in rebounds. I'm not shitting on Giannis at all. But what I'm saying is don't, don't move one person like don't anoint one person forget about how great somebody is Giannis in my opinion is not on the same level as KD KD to me is the best player in the world and Giannis is 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 a tier below that to me, Giannis is in the right now, and this might sound blasphemous, but I don't care. He's in the LeBron James, Anthony Davis when he's fully engaged and healthy, Steph Curry, James Harden class. Giannis has limitations that Kevin Durant just doesn't have. Giannis can't shoot. Kevin Durant can. Giannis doesn't really pass the ball that much. Kevin Durant has developed to be a great passer. Giannis doesn't really make his teammates better. He's great, don't get me wrong, but he, he doesn't really make his teammates better. Kevin Durant makes everyone around him better. At least he he's developed that once he went to Golden State. I'm not one to say that Giannis ain't great. Giannis could be the face of the league. Shit, I don't know. I did a podcast episode uh, a couple weeks ago saying, do we really need a face of the league? When you have all these great players, the league is strong without a face. But I sure as hell don't think that Giannis is better than KD. Don't for, Just because you might not like the move that KD did. Just because you might not like the team KD went to. Just because you might not like Golden State because they're better than any team in the league. Just because you might not like Kevin Durant because he pretty much tipped the scale dramatically for one team when we're talking about strength. Just because you might not like Kevin Durant because he didn't go to your favorite team or my favorite team. Let's not sit back. Let's not sit here and say and, and and forget how good Kevin Durant really is. When it's all said and done, Kevin Durant at this pace can be can end up being the all-time leading scorer in the NBA, even with LeBron James roaring for what he's doing. Like like shooting up the charts. Kevin Durant can end his career being the top score in NBA history and arguably top three all time in 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 mm, top five scores of all time. I don't know 
where this infatuation for something new is? Because Giannis is something we've never seen. But neither is Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant, we just talked about Dirt Nowinski earlier. Kevin Durant is a high-powered, souped-up Dirt Nowinski. With handles better than most point guards in the league today. And with passing ability that rivals one of a guard. Again, man, Giannis is great. Giannis is great. Giannis is incredible. But let's pump the brakes saying that he's the greatest player on the planet when Kevin Durant is still doing what he can do. And if he goes to... If he stays at Golden State, he'll continue to win. If he goes to the Knicks, he can still win. But he he can remind you just how great he is when he has a team to himself again. But I, if you ask me, that's a little overrated having a team to yourself, but you're still fucking losing. Don't, don't. <laughs> Kevin Durant's great. Let's not sit here and say he's not. And Giannis is great. Let's not sit here and say he's not. But no, you you have to really convince me. And and if you don't agree, of course, you can leave in the comments. I, I don't mind having a debate. I don't mind talking about it. But ain't no way you can convince. Ain't no way right now that I think that Giannis Antetokounmpo is better than Kevin Durant. All right, man, let's get to the game of the week. Game blouses. I call game. Expect the game. It's game time. It's the game of the week. I remember, I know I said earlier that I'm not going to talk about or overreact to all the games, all game ones in the playoffs. But one game one, game two of the Denver and San San Antonio series is probably the most important game of the series. San Antonio won game one. Nurkic didn't look good. Nobody really looked good on Denver. They looked young. And... San Antonio, a team that really doesn't have that much offensive power, didn't look young. They looked seasoned. Game one, I understand. I mean, like I said, Denver doesn't really have playoff experience uh, except for Paul Millsap and IT, but IT is not even in the rotation. And Denver is the better team they have the better players denver is the better team on paper on court period but experience matters and veteran leadership matters i'm not going to overreact to game one like i said but game two is the most important game of the week i mean most important game of the series 
which is why game two is my game of the week. Denver versus San Antonio Tuesday, which is tomorrow, April 16th on NBA TV. If Denver loses this game, you've already lost home court uh, because you lost game one. But if Denver loses this game, psychologically, I think that that kills Denver's chances. Yes, they can they can win a game or two in San Antonio, but San Antonio all year has been a has been a, a bad road team, and they've had trouble finishing games. So you let San Antonio come into the Mile High City and beat you twice. I don't see Denver coming back from that. Again, I'm not I'm not I'm not overreacting to game one, but game two is the most important game of this series. And that is why my game of the week is Denver versus San Antonio tomorrow, Tuesday, April 16th on NBA TV. And there you have it, man. You know, for uh, not that much happened this week, honestly. Not that much happened, or last week. Not that much happened last week, and this was a long episode. We got a lot of talking in, man. I want to appreciate you guys listening. Appreciate you guys still supporting. Look, it's coming. I got my set ready. The visuals for the YouTube page are about to be, I don't know if it's going to be next week or the week after. Stay tuned on my social medias. It's coming, and this set looks, you know what? I ain't going to hype it up. Just stay tuned. I want to appreciate appreciate you guys for listening. And, and, and until next time, man, have a great week. I will see you guys next Monday. Uh, if you don't follow me, follow me on Twitter at Yes, I'm from DC. Follow me on social on uh, what IG at I'm saying, though, I am S-A-Y-I-N-T-H-O-U. And hell man hit me up if you don't agree with anything i've said if you have if you want to talk if you want to agree with what i said hit me up in the comments whether that's soundcloud or itunes leave me a leave me a um if you like the episode and you support leave me a leave me a what five star rating or however you rating you think i deserve man i just i need i need more engagement and i appreciate i, I do appreciate everything that you guys have done so again this is the unpopular podcast with your boy jalen and until next time man much love
the spoke by the door, this the infiltration. Double back dressed in blue laces. Plus your phone till you back online. 